we have to say, ladies and gentlemen, in gender-neutral terms. All right, you guys, podcast time. We got the equipment and the perfect business plan. Give our show away for free and tell no one how to find it. Ready? Get in there. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian! I think you broke it. Look what you made me do! And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio! Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Because as far as I'm concerned, Craig, yes, there's a lot of things wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles right now, and uh, Jalen Hurts is not one of them at all. Um, a lot of things happened uh, the the last well last Monday, well this past Monday, and including the last couple weeks. Um, however. Jalen Hurst wasn't one of those problems, uh, especially when his finger was about four inches where it should have been, and many other things like a terrible coaching staff around Nick Sirianni, and Nick Sirianni shouldn't be calling offensive plays, and also these fuckers should catch the ball when he's like it was, just, and oh, also the defense decided uh, on Monday to shut off. Did I miss anything? I get it. Yeah, no, you got everything. Uh, we are still allowed to run the ball. I don't know why we were told that we weren't allowed to run the ball, especially when we started running the ball and with very good success, thanks to DeAndre Swift. Every time. Uh, and even on third and two, we're, and even third and short, we're still going for the big play. The big play has not been there for us in the last month. True, we had a big play, thanks to Devontae Smith, when he plays in Tampa Bay, reminder, folks, is maybe the single best wide receiver on the planet. I don't know what it is about DeAndre Devontae Smith playing in Tampa Bay, but the guy's a human highlight film. But even he cannot do everything and cannot always bail out his quarterback who uh, or the play calling, which seems intent on on getting the big plays rather than just, I don't know, picking up first downs on third and five. Um. Yeah, so yes, uh, Jalen Hurts is the least of our worries. Uh, unsettling that it's the third year in a row that he's coming into a playoff game not 100% healthy. I know the same can be said for a lot of players and a lot of big-time players, but it just seems to be his snake-bitten fault that he every year he comes into playoffs, even last year during a Super Bowl run, not at 100%. Because... As much as people want to blame Jalen Hurts for what happened on Monday, he well, obviously can't run uh, as much as he'd like either. Um, because I think that would have been addressed early on if he could run. Then because of his hand, like you said, his finger was in another area code. <laughs> his legs still work. But if his legs truly did work, that would have been a bigger part of our offense uh, than it was. You were going to say? No, I was just, I was just agreeing with it because it, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what people thought happened to Jalen Hurts in a year that all of a sudden he sucks. 
that's not uh, what were you watching? And I watch less football than most of these because I just can't sit there and watch a broadcast. Yeah. I just I'm like, oh God, come on. Um, but I I, I don't know what folks are looking at. It, it, he didn't all of a sudden go, I don't know how to throw the ball anymore. <laughs> Obviously, internally, there's a problem. And and I'm and I'm also not saying we should fire Dick Sirianni after. But somebody, Jeffrey Lurie, should be telling him, Jeffrey Lurie, to make some changes. Jeffrey Lurie uh, in, in the coaching staff and perhaps somebody else completely should be calling the offense. Obviously, stopped working. Yes. Um... Just my spitball on here and i am as well uh nick sirianni had his exit interview with jeffrey Lurie today uh we won't know what came out of that until uh, maybe this time tomorrow um people are noting last time that there was a uh not a collapse but a a eagles team that underperformed in the postseason uh was doug peterson's last where he had an exit interview with jeffrey Lurie and uh Ideas were brought up about potentially changing um, Doug Peterson having more input in the offense, and that didn't sit well. And the next thing we know, Doug Peterson was fired two years after winning a Super Bowl, two years after winning the only Super Bowl in this franchise's history. But um, Jeffrey Lurie has shown that he and the Eagles have shown that it they have no problem moving on from folks. And in one case, it worked because we moved on from Doug Peterson and we, with a brand new head coach and a brand new quarterback, we went to another Super Bowl. Um, I'm not saying we should do that again because even though there are a plethora of highly qualified candidates that, that are all of a sudden um, available, and that's always been my um, my comeback argument to everyone saying fire coach fire this coach during the entire Andy Reid era fire Andy Reid my answer my Pavlovian response was and get who who's out there and get who well now with the uh, coaching firings that have happened we now have certain who's there is a Bill Belichick there is a Mike Vrabel um there's a Frank Reich. There is a possible Eric Bieniemy. So there is a. You think Bill Belich- Bill Belichick would want to come here? I really pray, Dan, that he goes to Dallas because that's when I that's when I know they're really fucking giving up. <laughs> that's what that's what I really want. I want Bill Belichick to go to Dallas to deal with that circus, to deal with with Jerry Jones. See how well that goes. See, that's no, that's a that's a that's a ticket to the Titanic. I will buy. I'm just saying, you know, everything's fine in Dallas. You know, they were going to win the Super Bowl, and it's uh, uh you know, we should shut up. It's uh, that was that was a fun week. Yes, that's a fun week. I don't agree with uh, uh, um, talking that much trash. I wasn't talking about. You I know when I said and, that, but I was, yes. but but. But I was like, you know, there by the grace of God, go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn it. And I, and honestly, Dan, and I was holding. You even said, and you and Mari together, you were both like the, the Jiminy Cricket and the angel on my shoulder. Hey, let's tone it down after Dallas lost. But honestly, that took the edge off the Eagles losing. 
I was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with Casey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. You know, what also helped with the it took the edge off. What? Uh, uh, um, Joel Embiid. Um, I'm trying not to curse as much. Joel Embiid cornholing. The Nuggets. Yeah. And uh, the Flyers cornholing the Blues. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. On the same night. Yeah. And um, Flyers winning that same night. Uh, the Sixers won that afternoon. The afternoon of the Eagles loss. And we won last night on national television. Um, so yes, that takes the edge off of, um, yeah, the Eagles loss and, um, Sixers are my, yeah, my go-to now. And who? And look at the Flyers in second place, four wins in a row. Now, now, Craig, my warning to you, sir. Don't give your hopes up with which about the Flyers. Okay. Um, we are talking about the Flyers, and I'm not saying get don't get invested, don't enjoy it. I mean, for crying out loud, I bought a set of the New Jerseys hanging right there. One of them's hanging right there. I see. Um, it's, Steve said uh, on the show yesterday, it's like it'd be funny the Flyers come back from behind and. Win a Stanley Cup, and for a second I was like, right. Mm-mm. "No, one game at a time." I, I, I. This team, and, you, and it's well documented on Twitter. I haven't deleted a tweet. Um, I, 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 I was beyond furious with certain people in the office mm-hmm. and certain people on the team, and ninety-eight percent of those things. I took I I really did last season. I think I watched three games. Yeah, I was like I can't do it. Way more than I did. Uh, right, but I was like I, I can't do it. I I yeah. got a break. I got to take a break. I'm going to I'm going to die. Uh, and wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> um, I know I would have joked about me if it was me, and um, so I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a year off. I watched three games and I was like, nope. And, you know, Tony Douchebagalo was sent back to Carolina. Several other changes were made. They uh, traded the guy that caused all the problems in the NHL with Jersey Knights because he's a whiny little Russian bitch. And he's gone, too. Uh, good luck in Columbus, dingling. <laughs> and um, so I was like, OK, one game at a time, one game at a time. And just taking it one game at a time, uh, you know. I, I like seeing other people get excited about him. I'm like, oh, oh, don't do it to yourself. Come on. And I'm doing the same with the Sixers. It's fun yeah. to watch. I, I heard people were chanting MVP last and I was like, no, stop it. He's done it already. It's time to go for the big brass prize. How many other pieces do you want? It's time to actually get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Christ. And I think this is the team to do it. Now, we finally have a bench. I don't remember the last time we had a bench. No, yeah, I don't. That's very, very refreshing. Uh, And even with several guys out, we still have a very good bench. So that's very refreshing. When I see games on, when I'm, 
I get so happy on see us on national TV that I watch on mute, of course, because the announcers are oh you're trying my. not to curse. I really am trying not to curse because no, I no, 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 as much as much. Okay, just because yeah. Van okay. fucking Gundy. Yes, it's fucking <laughs> horseshit, and all the national are horseshit. But I'm like, I I turn I unmuted it. Because I went to, I was listening to uh, one of the interviews, and like an idiot, I kept it on. And then I'm hearing Sorry. they ran Ben Simmons out of town. They ran, uh, um, geez, uh, our, our last coach, um, the Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers, and before him, um, out of town. And it's like, we, how did we run Ben Simmons out of town? And it's now, it's not like Ben Simmons is playing at a high level right now or playing at all. But uh, just listening to that horse shit um, was like, I now I know why as much as I love watching us on national television, I can't listen to us on national television. Mm-hmm. Uh, my original point was uh, seeing all th- three stars, uh, Joel, um, Tyrese, and, and Tobias Harris, uh, playing all scoring 20 points. And if Tobias can average 18 to 20 for the rest of the the season, I don't think we would need to get another player. That being said, and I hate that expression, um, Pascal Siakam was traded to the Pacers and the Cavaliers get uh, Bruce Brown. Um. As much as I say I don't want a third super a third player. I mean, I'll take it. We'll take I'll a third take player. One. <laughs> Come if, on. Yeah. If Tobias is gonna play like this, though, Dan, and there's no guarantee that he will, um, I would invest in a backup center, cough Kelly Olenek, because Embiid is going to miss some games. And for all the fans chanting MVP. Uh, I guess the new league rule, if he misses nine more games, he won't be eligible. I'm fine with he, him missing nine more games as long as he's healthy in April. That's why if we're not going to get a big-time player, a Kelly Olenek as our backup center would be just fine. Nothing no, nothing against B-Ball Paul and even um, Mo Bamba, Mo Problems. He's, they're all serviceable, but... Uh, Kelly Olenek would be the guy that can win us games without Embiid. We haven't won a single one without him yet, which is in, which, ironically enough, is increasing his MVP stock um, because we can't win a game without him. We haven't won a game without him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, NBA trade NBA trade deadline coming up. Um, I, I was thinking about that after um, and I wasn't able to uh, comment on Van Gundy. Um, I. It's always bad nationally, and I'm sure other cities, you know, feel the same because they'll. You know, they're they're talking about the other team and they're just taking a huge shit on us and blah, 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 blah. I can usually tune it out and I I I wanted to drive to philadelphia and throw stuff at him <laughs> my god shut up he made it all up oh yeah nobody drove ben simmons out of philadelphia ben simmons played like a damn fool and god forbid he was asked how about you don't play like a fucking fool 
And then he said he didn't want to play for he didn't want to play basketball anymore. And then he went, and so he left. And you know what he's done this year? Not a damn thing. He's done two things, actually. He's done jack and shit. Jack and shit. You know, he did the year before. Jack and squat. Fuck all. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, 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 James Harden, I, I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, while you were shaking a huge crap on Embiid last night, Van Gundy, um, and not showing up in the playoffs, you know who also didn't show up in the playoffs except that one game? James Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it's 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 he's not the problem. It's it's everybody else. Yeah. Um, have fun in L.A. But hey, you're getting the All Star game in in, in the, your new arena because if you were getting it at the Staples Center or whatever it's called now. Uh, crypto arena uh, certainly wouldn't be a celebration of the fucking Clippers. You're a second rate team in a city that's too big for both of you, for Christ's sake. And it's L.A. Yes. Anyway. And James Harden always plays well in the regular season. That's yeah. never been the problem. Yeah. And 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 I was in I was in that denial mode. Voice cracked um, like, no, 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 it'll be different. No, of course it wasn't different. He did the same thing. He had the one game and and he was asked to do it probably one more time and he could. Yes. Um, and uh, I don't know how much we were talking about coaches earlier with the Eagles. Uh, the Nick Nurse effect is definitely um, palpable because we have the same squad we had last year by and large. But the way Nick Nurse has Joel Embiid playing uh and, and he's even better this year than he was last year where he was the MVP. So um, there is something to Nick Nurse's coaching style and his coaching ability. If Tyrese Maxey becomes an all-star, um, and this is the same player that Doc Rivers had coming off the bench last year, then uh, Nick Nurse has firmly placed himself as coach of the year. I also I also wanted to point out is is uh, I didn't tune in at first because I was I didn't remember what I was doing yesterday, <laughs> and um, and I turned it on around uh, the beginning of the second quarter, <clears throat> and towards the end of the second quarter, you know, we're having fun. And I'm watching them; they're all down by one, then up by one, then down by one, and up by one. And I was like, okay, this is cool, going back and forth. And of course, right at right before that run. Um, you know, I'm having fun and having a good time joking around. And then they cut to um, the doctor. Yes. And I was like, oh, <clears throat> sit up straight. We're not <laughs> fucking around tonight. We better win this. Yeah. <laughs> Don't lose in front of Doc. No. Thanks. Um, I just thought that was funny. Uh, even, yeah. even to this day, I, I saw uh, Mr. Mr. Doctor, Mr. Doctor, sarcasm, uh, Dr. J. Julie Servin sitting there and, uh, you know, sitting there and just watching. Oh, 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 straight, oh, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. Royalty is in the room. Yes. If, if Wilt Chamberlain is the king, that would be the uh, the doctor to the king. Yes. Yeah. Of the yeah. Sixers franchise. Yeah. You see or, the or basketball. Yeah. Well, basketball. Did you see the picture of the doctor and the nurse? I didn't see the picture of the doctor and the nurse. I thought that was very funny. I was like, oh, okay. And to be fair, mm-hmm. to be fair to Doc Rivers, um, I 
his first day here when someone called him doc, he goes, uh, uh-uh. my name's Phil. There's only one doctor in this city. <laughs> yeah. So to his credit, he knows. Oh, yeah. And yeah, he. I remember that press conference. That's the first thing he said, Dan. He said, uh, there's only one doc. Um, you, yeah, people have always called me doc, but I'm since I'm in Philly, there's I'm not the doc. I'm I'm Glenn. Oh, my God. What? OK, well, this is going to be a wonderful transition to. Um, wrestling, uh, well, I was going to transition to AEW anyway. I was trying to re- wait for Derek. He has a little baby whose teeth are coming in. So yeah. that might not be happening because <laughs> when my teeth come in, I want daddy to hold me too. Yes. I said that bass backwards, but the point stands. Um, my dad can't hold me right now. So um, I don't know if you're watching, mm-hmm. um, but Mark Briscoe was, uh, it was cutting a promo. I don't yes. know how long ago this was, about a half hour or so. Um, and he was talking about his niece mm-hmm. who was in that car accident where his brother died a year ago and the, a year ago today. And is, and they told her that she would never walk again. She's walking. <laughs> and I don't mean she's just like, oh, I need a walker. She walked out to the ring on her. Well, not on her own. She walked out to the stage with her family mm-hmm. right there incredible uh and 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 it goes through that because people are going to go don't you have a problem with uh jay briscoe well no because again uh this thing we talk about with hulk hogan which i'll get to at the end of the show i'm trying to wait for derek for that one mm-hmm. um it's all about accountability which terry knows nothing about uh yeah. and jay jay did have accountability yes tenfold yes uh at, at, so yeah, and the, the the incident in question with Jay Briscoe um, took place almost 15 years ago. Um, that in the early baby infancy of Twitter, um, he has since apologized it apologized for it, like you said, tenfold. Um, and he's worked successfully in many wrestling organizations, uh, including the one that's under the umbrella of AEW right now, Ring of Honor. But for whatever reason he was not allowed on national television, even though his best tag team, FTR, uh, put them over and were talked about on the on national television continuously, but never wrestled there. Uh, yeah, I did see the um, Mark Bristol coming out doing a very emotional promo talking about uh, the loss of his brother and the video that came after that. If you weren't crying before that, with, we were crying uh, after his niece, uh, his niece coming onto the stage, or uh, along with um, uh, Jay's other kids, um, was absolutely uh, spectacular. Um, and it just, and then at the end, Dan, I was infuriated because Mark Briscoe right now should be your main event babyface from yeah. the minute Tony relented. And put him on it. That's your main event babyface right now. But like he does with everything. Every great wrestler that he gets. Every great opportunity he gets. Dropped in his lap. He messes it up. So now with all the sympathy that Mark Briscoe has now. On the anniversary of his brother's death. He'll start winning matches. Why couldn't you have done that a year ago? Again you had this 
main event babyface in your lap. Not only do you not put him on TV every week, you have him jobbing out to idiots. Or you same thing that you did with Jay Lethal, with Claudio. Guys that can get you can get you main event numbers, can get you paid, can make you money. Already stars. They know how to work. But instead, you're you'd rather do that with Daniel Garcia or really Yuta or Orange fucking Cassidy. Why? <laughs> Why? Well, as uh as uh, the Young Bucks said on their little heel promo tonight, we lean on what do they say? I wasn't listening. We they we we lean on terrible people. Uh, hold on, let me quote this right. If I'm gonna smack, if I'm gonna shit on them. I'm gonna at least get the quote right. <laughs> you know, I'm about accuracy in this in this bitch. <laughs> uh, where is it? I hate him so much. And the Bullet Club is not real. We started to lean on yesterday self-serving superficial cancerous superstars. Really? Yep. Cancer. I mean the same cancer that sold out Madison Square Garden? Mm-hmm. The same cancer that's gonna headline WrestleMania? 40. 40? Right here in Philadelphia? Philadelphia? That cancer? Okay. I know your guys are cutting a heel promo, but it doesn't help that you are two of the biggest overrated douchebags. Yeah. I I just I, I Yeah, I I I know. Yeah, I I tuned out and um why they can't imagine why. Uh the where the why their sting's last match, I'll never fully understand. Especially when it's in Carolina. And FTR is still alive and breathing. It makes no sense. Well, because they make no sense. But they're heels. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you don't need also to be pieces of shit. Also pieces of shit. We're we all. I mean, the fans already are prepared not to like you because look at you. So, um, yeah. or listen to you. Um, but yeah. So what? What they call them? Uh, sec. Cancer? What was that the the quote? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Hold on. I'm I sorry. No, I haven't. I haven't. Leaning on yesterday's self-serving superficial cancerous superstars. You're cancerous. Yesterday's yesterday's self-serving superstar was the biggest draw that your company ever had. Yeah. In terms of ratings, in terms of it wasn't fucking Chris Jericho. Yes. It wasn't Hangnail Page. It wasn't you two. It was the 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 yesteryear cancer, the biggest star you guys have ever had in your company, that you drove off, that you wanted your fans to boo, rather than leaving him alone, so the company that you're supposed to be EVPs are can make that grow. But because you guys weren't the ones making it grow, because you thought you were better than you really are, and that people gave a shit about you more than they more than you think they do, you didn't move the needle. You bring in the cancer from yesteryear, and what do you know? You get sold out crowds. You get huge ratings. You get people interested in your product. But no, 
we want to have our fans boo you. So we'll we'll start talking shit about the cancer's former best friend and that the cancer got him fired. So the fans will boo him. So you're trying to take money out of your own pocket is what you're saying because you don't like that he's more over than you. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. Meanwhile, with the Chris Jericho allegations out in the wild and yeah. that not being addressed, when he comes out, you either play music, hand sounds, or just as of tonight, mute the audio. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> you can work some of the people. WCW. Yeah. 2.0 and not in a good way. But but the guy who just left, he's a cancer. Yeah. And but but Jericho, the one that you yeah, like you said, they gotta play his music like New Jack. Um, so to drown out the, the, the booze. And you know, you saw the signs that were up um when he wrestled. And they, and they won't address it. No, of course not. Just like Tony's never gonna fire anybody if they fuck up. You know what I did find interesting, and this is the last point I'll bring up for now. Mm -hmm. Um, I found it interesting that he said two, three weeks ago that he still felt this company was the safest, yet almost six months ago, he was afraid for his life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, buddy. Okay. Well, Dan, as much as we love to talk about the current product and yeah, I love uh, it. cancers of <laughs> yesteryear, um, uh, we're actually going to talk about a time in wrestling history where um, making money was good and um, wrestlers that were within the company wanted to make as much money for the promotion as possible. And that included sellout shows and arenas and coliseums, high school gymnasiums and stadiums across the country where wrestling on national television was uh, a given. There weren't so many wars as much, but fans had their favorites and they cheered and booed accordingly. And it was fun. We actually look forward to watching what we call back in the day, professional wrestling. This ladies and gentlemen is the first in the year of our Lord, 2024, Wrestling Historian. Uh, we're going to start January 16th. This is 24 years ago, Dan. Oh, January God. 16th, 2000. WCW sold out pay-per-view. Sold uh, with a U. Uh, yes. This would be the WCW Heavyweight Championship changing hands. It's champion Sid Vicious would lose via crossface to Chris Benoit. Uh, Arn Anderson was the referee for that bout. Same Arn Anderson that would that was stabbed by Sid Vicious several times. Um, but there, oh, was yeah. no, there was no fast count. It was uh, strictly big Sid tapping out. Um, and Chris Benoit will be stripped of that self-same WCW World Heavyweight Championship uh, the very next night. Because mm -hmm. in reality, uh, 
Benoit had left the company and would show up along with Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Sander two weeks later on WWE's Monday Night Raw. In effect, showing up on w on WWE television as the WCW Heavyweight Champion. 24 years ago, January 16th, 2000, WCW sold out. I, uh, I'm going to tap, I'm going to tiptoe around this. Okay. Being it's uh, Chris Benoit and uh, yeah. the answer should have forever be fuck Chris Benoit. Right. Um, however, I remember being so excited watching that pay-per-view because oh, finally they're giving it to Chris. That's great. <laughs> the story <laughs> they wrote because he was gone. Mm-hmm. I just like that. They were like, no, no, no. Here's the title. Please stay. Yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Last ditch effort. Last ditch. Uh, now we got to change it. See, what happened was is his foot was under the rope and now I have to change it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a tournament. But you just can't have a rematch? Well, no, son, he can't have a rematch because he's not here anymore. Oh. Well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Congratulations, uh, Turner. Yeah. 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 Um, I will say, I will still say that Jericho going to the WWF at the time was a bigger blow. Mm-hmm. But say if if Jericho's debut was the first Negan baseball bat to WCW, the baseball bat to um, Glenn. Glenn, thank you. I was going to say Stephen Yin, uh, his name. No, 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 not his. Uh, Got to get his shoot name. Um, the baseball bat to Glenn would have been the Radicals. Or what they called the radicals going to WWF. Radicals uh, with a Z. Yes, everything had to have a Z still. We were in the attitude. <laughs> what a stupid, stupid decision. Party boys, I mean, Dudleys. Dudley boys. Yeah. Dem boys yeah. are golfing. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah. It's it everybody always cites the beginning of the ends, uh, and that was that. That was the cunning back to Negan going. So back to it. Boom. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and uh, WCW sold out would be one of the final, uh, might be the penultimate uh, pay-per-view in WCW history. No, no, it was a year later. It was a year later. Okay, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, no, sold out was, uh, uh, and, and that was January. Oh, it was so weird. So you had sold, God, okay, nerd. Um it sold out with the new logo, which uh, the logo uh, in retrospect, I remember being so I remember calling my friend Mike across the street going when the Nitro in April, when they went to Vegas, and they changed the logo and it was all brand new. It looks like fucking space, man. It's awesome. The stars and the big WCW logo and the thing opens and closes. Great. I don't care. I'm watching Raw. Oh, all right. Well, OK, <laughs> fine. But I remember being so excited about that. And then, you know, as I get older and I was going to look back, I'm like, God damn it. That is horrible. Um, But the name stayed the same. So, yeah, WCW, this is I am not my hands. I am not looking this up on Wikipedia. I am going off memory. Um, So, yeah, WCW sold out. 
Then you had uh, Super Brawl 2000. Not Super Brawl, Super Brawl 2000. Oh, uh, what is March? March was uncensored. Was it uncensored? Still? Yes, March was uncensored still. It was still Spring Stampede. Um, Road Wild was gone. Yeah. Spring Stampede, Great American Bash. What was there for Road Wild? I got to look that one up. But then you had. um... No, you had Bash at the Beach. Mm -hmm. And then you had um, uh, New Blood Rising. Then you just had Fall Brawl. War Games is gone. What a good decision that was. <laughs> Let's get rid of our uh, match that is synonymous with WCW NWA and let's just have a regular pay-per-view called Fall Brawl. Great. Good. Good. Good shit. Fucking. Um, uh, you, you had oh, that was September. So you had Mayhem. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Halloween Havoc. Mayhem. Mayhem, which was the a new pay-per-view from the year before. They kept that year and didn't bring back again. Another thing that was chaos and awesome. World War three. Another great idea. And then, of course, Starcade. And then you had sin, greed and. Oh, God, um, the last three uh, did, help me. You're the historian. God damn it. <laughs> You're the WCW historian. God damn it. Sin. Good fuck. Sin greet. Oh, god damn it. All right, I'm gonna have to look it up. WCW 2000 pay-per-views. <laughs> oh god. Oh, uh, what was that? I don't know. Smack myself when I remember, by the way. Oh, can I watch? Uh yeah, here. Uh Springsteen. Oh, Slambery. Uh, damn it. I didn't know they were what still a more. Yeah, there was one more slam slambery, of course. Uh, and then it was, um, oh, it was super. Okay. So it was sin, super Bowl, super brawl revenge. Ah. And then, um, revenge and then greed and that was gone. Okay. Uh, then they were going to have the big bang, but we know how that goes. Uh, fusion was like, no, we can't do it anyway. Uh, sorry. Yes. Sid, Sid's who they in the middle of that big ratings dip and uh, half empty arenas. They thought the great idea was Sid. And yes. I like Sid as a wrestler, as a big wrestler, you know, as a big man. But. Yeah. Everybody wanted Scott Steiner and they gave it to him in like, I don't know, September, or October. And I was like, well, that's a bit late for that, guys. Sorry. No, it's I, okay. Uh, went a little I went on a little tangent. I apologize. No need no apologies necessary, Dan. That's why I included it in this year's in this edition of Historian because of your WCW roots. Thanks, bud. <laughs> and I know you could elaborate more on the uh the title change it, uh, WCW just, it was, sold out. Uh, yeah, it was stupid. I remember them it wasn't a thing. Until the next day, yeah. <laughs> it's like they made it up. Oh, fucking! 
No wonder Benoit wanted to leave. And the rest of them. God. Idiots. Anyway. Idiots. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> All right. January 18th. Uh, it was a big day in professional wrestling history for the number of people, for the number of influential people that were born on January 18th and uh, the events that also occurred on that self-same day. Uh, one of the individuals born on January 18th that pretty much shaped professional wrestling the way we see it now, uh, it's a name you don't, you hear a lot of in Northeast legends, but not so much in anywhere else. Come on, Amber, please stop. <laughs> ah, <yeah>, all day. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I know the feeling. No, she's got it in her. She's had an appearance fee or an appearance yeah. writer in a con. She has to appear on camera every time there is a camera. Oh, no, this uh, is what we're doing, Dad. <laughs> January 18th. Uh, was the day uh, in 1894 that the great Toots Mont was born. Toots! Toots! Uh, Toots Mont, um, Ed Strangler Lewis, and his manager, Billy Sandow, no relation to um, Damien. Damien. Uh, in 1919, they formed their own promotion, um, as opposed to having different promoters controlling them. They formed their own promotion, and they were called, get this, and how this for a name, Tootsman, Ed Stranger-Lewis, and Billy Sandow were known as the Gold Dust Trio. Knew exactly yeah, so what that, they were. Yes, yeah, the Gold. So that name has been around for a while. It didn't just start with Dustin Rhodes. Uh, the God. Gold Dust Trio, uh, with their brand of professional wrestling, their promotion, they're the ones that instituted time limits. Um, and they took professional wrestling out of burlesque halls and into actual arenas uh, that they would rent and run shows in. And fans would come to see them. And within six months, they controlled the course of professional wrestling as we know it now. Um and they were primarily based in the Northeast. And they worked with a young promoter named Jess McMahon. Who was the father of Vince McMahon Sr. Uh, and when Vince McMahon Sr. was just getting into the business uh, to be like his dad. So Vince Jr. is a third generation uh, promoter, head of wrestling organization. And it was Toots and Vince that broke away from the NWA, the NWA, who at that time was the only professional wrestling organization in the United States. Um, and they broke away from the NWA and they renamed it the Capital Wrestling Corporation, which would later become the Worldwide Wrestling Federation or the WWF. Um, when Buddy Rogers was the NWA champion, he would primarily wrestle in the Northeast uh, because of his allegiance to Toots Mont and uh, Vince Sr. And since Toots controlled his bookings, he often wouldn't allow Buddy Rogers to defend the title in the Northeast. 
this didn't sit well with the NWA since they were the largest promotion in were the only promotion in the United States. And they had huge houses waiting to see the NWA champion in Texas, in Georgia, in Florida, in St. Louis, in Los Angeles. But Buddy Rogers being from New Jersey anyway, and not wanting to travel outside of his home. Um, that's I get that. Yeah, I get that too, mm -hmm. uh, buddy. No shame here. Mm -hmm. uh, the original Nature Boy and uh, Toots and Vince Sr. Uh, eventually would um, crown Buddy their champion in their newly formed company, the WWWF. Uh, interesting to note, though, um, when they were looking at potential challengers to uh, Buddy's championship, um Toots uh, had his eye on one guy, the same guy that Vince McMahon Sr. thought would be a mid-carder for two or three years, but it wouldn't amount to anything. But it was Toots who saw this Italian strongman and said, this could be the future of the company. And that man turned out to be Bruno Sammartino, who would, in fact, be the man who uh, would change the company. And it's still, to this day, the longest reigning world champion of any federation, NWA, AWA, or WWF, or WWE, to this day. And his reign, no matter what you may think of Roman Reigns, the reign of Bruno Sammartino will never be broken. I mean, but, it, but Roman, it, it is, though. Roman Reigns, at this current rate would have to be champion for another six years. Never mind. <laughs> to, to approach. I was kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> the, the almost eight year consecutive reign of Bruno yeah. San Martino. And we're not even going to get into the number of title defenses each man has because. Because it's uh, a different time and a different era and it doesn't matter because it's not going to happen. Yes. <laughs> Calm down, certain, folks. Certain people are mad enough that Hulk Hogan's reign is champion uh will be broken his record i could i am so delighted yes but that is coming up in a different discussion coming up in this a different episode segment. yeah uh staying on a wrestling story in january 18th uh the birthday of the great twits month uh also on this very day uh something similar that would change the course of professional wrestling in the wwf speaking of the aforementioned bruno sammartino his first and some would say only clean loss ever took place on January 18th, 1971 in Madison Square Garden, where Bruno Sammartino, who had been champion since 1963, lost, pinned in Madison Square Garden by the Russian bear Ivan Koloff in front of 25,611 people in Madison Square Garden. Uh, first, and some would say only loss, of Bruno Sammartino's illustrious career, ending his almost eight-year reign as champion. Eight years, folks. Not three, not five. Eight years. And the only man to beat him was the man that still... As as we're talking right now, still not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, 
But that all could change. That all could change uh, since WWE is our new management. uh, Some that one Paul Levesque fan of history. The WWE Hall of Fame could look remarkably different this year, which means we could see the inclusion, finally, of the first man, the only man to end the longest championship streak in professional wrestling history, Ivan Koloff. It happened January 18th, 1971. On that same date, uh... January 18th, 1998. Uh, probably my favorite Royal Rumble uh, because Ooh. one man entered three times. Uh, the 1998 Royal Rumble featured entering at number one, Cactus Jack. <laughs> entering at number 16, Mankind. And entering at number 28, Dude Love. <laughs> Uh, incredible feat that will never ever be duplicated, but it was won by the man who won his second straight Royal Rumble that year, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, the main event uh, for that Royal Rumble uh, was the Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker casket match, the same match where Shawn Michaels was backdropped and inadvertently fell on the side of the casket uh, that resulted in two herniated discs and a crushed, uh, complete um, vertebrate uh, that would shorten his career uh, noticeably. Um, and some would say ended, but um, the back problems that would later cost him the WWE title to that same Stone Cold um Months later, at the Royal, at the at WrestleMania, uh, started uh, January eighteenth, nineteen ninety eight, in that casket match. I, I mentioned that um, those are some of the great events that happened on January eighteenth. Other great people were born January eighteenth. One of them being Tootsmont. Uh, another um, who turned seventy this year. Uh, one of the great baby faces in professional wrestling history and one of the great territorial baby faces. But would this is another topic for another time, Dan. We talk about wrestlers that turn heel and may have been the best things for their career. And for this man, I can say it was, even though he was one of the great white meat baby faces mm-hmm. and turned out to be one of the maybe the top 10 greatest heels of all time. Happy 70th birthday. To Ted DiBiase. <laughs> uh, I I know I I may not tell the story every year, but you know I met him um at one uh, at uh, Wizard World many years ago. He actually put the million dollar belt on me, and um oh. I got to ask him some questions um because I went back to his Georgia days when he was a white meat baby face and um did the uh neck injury angle with the Freebirds when Terry Gordy pile-drived Ted DiBiase seven times. Seven times. And I said, Ted, what was going through your mind at number four? Like, <laughs> were you like, okay, that's enough of this, or what? Um, but he told a story about um, how he turned um, heel. Uh, Ernie Ladd was the booker in Mid-South, 
and Junkyard Dog was the top babyface. And Ted, you know, noticed, you know, along with a lot of the boys that, you know, here Ted DiBiase being the number two babyface who wrestled 15, 20 minute matches against the heels like a Dick Slater or a Paul Orndorff. And Junkyard Dog would come in, shake the ropes, wrestle for five minutes and get all the money. And uh, but Ernie had been looking for a heel for a while and um, to no luck. Um, one of the heels he thought was going to do uh, big business for him was King Kong Bundy. But Bundy, a fat piece of shit. We bring guys <laughs> in to get you over. And what do you do? You dumb yourself right out of position. So Ted had an idea. He went to Ernie's uh, place. Ernie was staying at a hotel. Um, being the head booker. And he knocked on his door and Ernie opened it and said, Ed, Ted said, Ernie, I found your new number one heel. And Ernie laid on me. And Ted said, you're looking at him. And Ernie said, yes, I am. <laughs> and the rest is history. Ted DiBiase returned on Junkyard Dog using a loaded glove to win the North American Heavyweight Championship, forcing Junkyard Dog to leave the Mid-South for 30 days since that was the original agreement that he, the contract that was signed when Bob Roop was champion. My God, you're beautiful. You are oh, so Phyllis? beautiful. Phyllis! I was talking oh, to you, Dan. I was talking to you, Dan, but yes. No, no you weren't. Okay. You were talking to Miss Phyllis. Miss Phyllis with her Phillies collar and her Phillies uh, name uh, the name tag that I'm blocking the address on. Look at that. Absolutely, okay. absolutely beautiful. This is, my, this is Albert's older sister. <laughs> I see. She is a. She's a Chulini. <laughs> she's a Chulini puggle. Yeah, she likes the French kiss. Give me that. Give me that mouth. Yeah, she mm. does. <laughs> I have to avoid that. I can't. Give me that. Just can't keep this. Anyway, can't keep it. She can't keep a civil tongue in her mouth. She told me she wanted to hear the uh, historian up close, so I had to get her up here. Well, here it is. Here you drink, drink it in, man. Drink it in. There's the historian. There's Craig. <laughs> I feel as yeah. you're beautiful. Amber's looking at you from off camera too. She doesn't she want to steal to your spotlight. She wants to kill you. Uh, but yes, Ted, Ted DiBiase turned seven years old. Also having a birthday, January 18th, uh, turning 55 years old. Uh, someone who was a, got a late start in professional wrestling would turn out to be a world champion multiple times over. And now many consider one of the best character actors in all of movies. He never has to wrestle another day in his life. Turning 55 years old, January 18th, Dave Batista. He was great in Glass Onion. He was. Yeah. I mean, he's great in, uh, that in little, everything. Yeah. that uh, I think somebody brought it. Oh, God. What was it? Was it Preston Steve that brought up Batista or who brought up Batista? Uh, M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night. That's right. He brought up Batista. One of the best actors he's ever worked with. And knock that at the, the door. Opening scene that he mentions specifically, yes, in Blade Runner, yes. And my favorite part about that is not only is there's that scene, there is a Blade Runner short film on that Blu-ray starring Batista's character, which gives a little backstory onto what his deal is and why he is where he is. And um, 
I I mean I love that series series to begin with. I, that original movie is amazing, mm-hmm. and the um the sequel is yeah. And the fact that yeah, the fact that Knight didn't even know who he was, but sees him on screen and said, "I want that guy." Yeah, that guy. Yeah, no, he never has to wrestle another day. And and uh, my my wife never met him, but technically met him um, at a Nats game. He is he's local in the D.C. area, Mm -hmm. Um, and because she was watching wrestling at the time and. I don't remember what year it was, what it was, but she just recalls. She just recalls seeing a wall go by her (laughs) and then her looking and going, oh, God, it's Batista. (laughs) Well, you look at that. Holy, look at that. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. um, A guy that's truly had a remarkable and just life, because, again, he started late in his uh, mid-30s when he started professional wrestling. Um, they had this incredible look that Jim Cornette took, you know, hold of and made into something. Uh, Leviathan. That's right. I always forget that that's a Cornette thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and he still marveled at because that right now he's one of the great actors in all of uh, entertainment, but you talk to Jim Cornette, you couldn't get two words out of him. He'd be sitting in the corner, not saying a word. And when they brought Kane in to work with him, and um, because by now, Dave Batista had picked up some really good moves and some great offense. And um, he said, you meet with Kane, you tell him what you do. And and you brought them together and David is sitting there. And Jim had to say, well, tell him what you do. And he says, yeah, I I, uh, I do a... I'm a, I'm a professional wrestler. Yeah, I do, I do a pop-up power bomb into a um, into a splash, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, what, it's like, and what else? Like you guys have to, <laughs> yeah. So he he threw up his hands, and um, I guess there was a little heat because when uh, Batista um was asked about his early wrestling career, he didn't mention Jim Cornette at all. Oh, that's um, a shame. Um, well, I mean, I mean, I mean. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he had to start somewhere. And not, and not that Jim wants to take all the credit for everything, because obviously Batista did all it, it. You know, he did a lot of it on his own and even outgrew that Deacon Batista um, character. Oh, my God. I <laughs> remember. Forgot that. Yeah. When they had the great idea to split the Dudleys apart and have, that lasted uh, a long time. And because you could tell the McMahon era because Devon's. He's legitimately a, a preacher's kid. His father was a was a minister, and so we'll have he'll be he'll be a deacon and Deacon Batista. So he's imagine my surprise when I had my number one monster heel, who was who I you know promote as coming out of the depths of you know like a Poseidon. He's a Leviathan, the creature from the depths, and now he's got he's dressed with a tunic and he's got a Bible around his neck. Yeah, uh, but he outgrew that. <laughs> Um, became a big draw. Um, evolution learned everything he could from not just uh Triple H but Ric Flair and uh Randy Orton. They were learning as they go as they went, and he became the biggest star in the company. Um, and despite his shortcomings, he did what he could do, and what he could do, he did really well. And Guardians in the Galaxy, and here we are. Dave Batista, 
everything he does on screen, you cannot take your eyes off it. I'm watching Hotel Artemis, a movie that went flew under my radar with Jodie oh, Foster. Oh, I forgot to see Jody that. Brown, and there he is. Yeah, he. Uh, I need to see that. I remember loving the trailer. Yes. But um, yes. Yeah, so uh, happy fifty fifth birthday, uh, to Dave Batista and all the wonderful people that were born on January eighteenth, and that, gentlemen and ladies is the wrestling historian. So earlier we mentioned, um, I see, I, 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 first of all, I'm, <laughs> I don't even know how to bring this up. So, uh, there is another podcaster who is, um, vastly more, um, successful than, uh, myself, than us. Um, we had, uh, run-ins before, um, because he uh, is okay with harassing female wrestlers, uh, even if it's not at a wrestling venue and not um, at an event, uh, he thinks that's okay. And um, he wouldn't. And, and I had to tell him that he was wrong, and he blocked me because uh, he's a pussy. Uh, yeah. He's yeah, so especially you're blocking me. I mean, <laughs> come on. Um. Self-aware here, more self-aware than he lets on. Um, uh, popped up again because he went on this very high-pitched voice rant <laughs> about Roman Reigns and him very likely beating Hulk Hogan's uh, title reign uh, number. Mm -hmm. And the just the it's out there. You don't have yeah. to. I don't have to the the, the to, to prove anything. It's out there on Twitter, and I'm not playing his audio because, again, I'm not giving him a play. He's been mentioned on the show before by Derek, and I've said my piece about this prick. Um, but basically, the summarizes is I don't care if he's racist. Why does Roman Reigns get to do it? Fuck Roman Reigns. I don't care if Hulk Hogan's racist. He should be the one. And um because he's racist. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll send you the link so you can see the rant yourself. No, I saw it. I've seen it. Okay. Okay. So uh, am I representing it correctly? Yes, you are. Um, okay. Because I, I read your comments on it. I guess he I and the only reason I saw what he said because I follow you on Twitter and I saw oh, you saw me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think, well, who's he responding to? And I see the 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 high pitch squeal <laughs> to complain <laughs> about Roman Reigns beating Hulk Hogan's longevity record. And for the record, which I just explained on this podcast in the Wrestling Historian, it's Hulk Hogan's first reign that Roman is in danger. That's not the record. So who gives a shit? If he what's the record? What's the record again, Craig? It's eight years, eleven thousand days. Thank you. Not he doesn't know that because he's a fucking moron. Exactly. Um, and that's what people were telling him. Like without he's like without Hulk Hogan, there'll be no Roman Reigns. And we were quick yeah. to bring up well, without Bruno San Martino, there'd be no Hulk Hogan. 
and technically without superstar Billy Graham, there would be no Hulk Rubina. Hogan. Yeah, but let's not even mention that little footnote. <laughs> yeah. yeah, without Bruno Sammartino, there'd be no WWE. Yeah, so put your pants, put your big boy pants on, yeah. grab them bootstraps and, and just, he's one of those guys that will say terrible things and never admit he is wrong. Mm-hmm. He there and just like you know, he's one of those guys like cancel culture. No, there's accountability culture, which I've said numerous times, and other rational people will agree with. He never took accountability. Yeah. He only said sorry because he got caught. Exactly, it's a difference saying the n word fifty eight times. <laughs> I I don't know what the definition of racism is. But I'm pretty sure that falls under the category that word, you know, mm-hmm. just saying as a cracker of myself. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to bring this to uh, also because you'll tell me if I'm wrong, being that you're an African-American, like that's not racist. I, th- I think, again, that falls under that. Yeah. And I wanted to bring this other thing to your attention. You probably won't know who this involves, but I did want to bring it up as there is a. Um, a personality in wrestling, Stepstool Sarah, um, she was I'm sorry, they were that honest mistake. Mm-hmm. They were outed as an abuser. OK, no other way to say it. Mm-hmm. No other way. That is what happened. Uh, the house of wrestling, the guy who was taking the Chris Jericho allegations and putting a story to it, who then later came out saying he made that story up, mm-hmm. began the article with Stepstool Sarah, who is a non-binary. That's the first sentence of this piece of shit's article. Mm-hmm. Now, while it is a fact, that opened up the floodgates for all the homophobic fucks to be like, see... And one in particular who I get, well, you know, his first name, Sean, his last name is Dick fuck. Um, and uh, all I have to tell you about him is uh, his uh, profile on that linked that link page is American Patriot and pure blood. Oh, one of those. Oh, yeah. If I have to, I don't have to explain that f- further. But please know anybody listening to this that has that in their profile, we laugh behind your back. It's very funny. Yeah. Or in my case, in front of your face. Or in front of your face. Yeah. I tried, but he was like, I'm not going to. And then he immediately went into, I have a mental health issue. That's why I'm like this. Man, if I could use that as an excuse for everything. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I'd get away with a whole lot. Oh, my God. I wish I could. Yeah. I wish I could teach. Excuse me. They're playing. I wish I could be just like my sister and use that as my crutch for everything. Uh, I don't. It is the reason certain things happen and I deal with them the best I can. I don't make it as an excuse to become a victim. Uh, But pure blood was one of the loudest ones that said, well, they never ever better preach about anything ever again. And my response was, yeah, because all of those white wrestlers that have done terrible shit in wrestling are not allowed to do anything. Oh, wait, they're still allowed to be in wrestling. Sammy Callahan. Mm -hmm. 
Hulk Hogan, the aforementioned Vince McMahon. Yeah. Sammy Callahan. Yeah. yeah. Um, the numerous uh, Superfly Dibby Stunka. Yeah. All those other folks. Uh, Superfly's not a white goop. My point is male straight wrestlers mm-hmm. who were allowed to stay in the business or are still allowed to be in the business who did worse. Well, that's okay. You, 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 you outed yourself as a piece of shit. And you tweeting that you're sick doesn't help you. Mm-mm. Ignoring me doesn't help me you either. And that's fine. You got called. People know who you are now and people ca- caught on to your antics. And that's something you'll have to deal with now. But I just thought it was fun to point out. They can't do anything anymore. Uh, preachy. No, you know what? Straight white folks in wrestling need to keep their mouth shut about everything because of the dozens and hundreds of straight white folks that did terrible shit in wrestling. Craig? Yes. Have anything to add? Uh, no, I don't. It, it amazes me how uh, people have been enabled uh, due, the, due to our previous administration and uh, they think that um, it makes them right to, they, they truly believe they're speaking truth to power by calling attention to the fact that they don't like certain groups and knowing that they could have people that agree with them just empowers them more to say stupid shit. And, you know, the simpletons will always um, clap back against the people that they don't understand, are afraid of, or just don't like, and make that the point of their argument. And loudly proclaiming something like that or or having the first words out of your mouth because of someone who disagrees with you. Well, they're non-binary. Or I don't care that Hulk Hogan is a racist. You could have stopped talking right there. No, you could have not said that. Yeah. Hold on. I just want to interject with uh, Badash said, I downloaded and played AEW Rise to the Top about on par with Fight Forever. Hi, Craig. Hi, Ash. <laughs> Sorry, Ash, I was uh, looking up something that we were talking about earlier and I, I got distracted. I, I'm back now. Ash, it's James Earl Jones' birthday. That's why I wear my, wore my Darth Vader hoodie for you. Ah, ah, ah. I forgot it was today, which which I forget what date it's on. And I have it marked somewhere on this uh, vast press in the Steve archive I have. Um. Uh. We're here. Hold on. We're talking about you. Yeah. Um, which has one of my favorite, uh, pre- uh, pre- uh, well, Steve Morrison moments ever. Uh, I think it was in 2006 or seven. Sorry, Craig. I'm a girl. I don't speak nerd. <laughs> That's in reference to everybody always calling. No, every time she interjects her opinion about something nerd, everybody has to tell her that she's an idiot and 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 wrong. Yeah, I've been, I follow her too. I know. Uh, I and she she said that to um. It was either Miss Peacockery or nice name by the way, or uh, it was Kate of Fightful, who she replied that uh, Ash uh, Ash replied that she doesn't bother interjecting her opinion on wrestling anymore because. She gets shit on it. And my reply was, but you're right 98% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. That's true. 
and and the Star Wars, she's probably right 100 percent of the time. Yeah. It's like uh, I uh, on a bigger scale. But um, I I compare it to. Oh, it's the it's the AEW mobile game. I saw a screenshot of that for Miss Peacockery, which I will bring up in a second. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I was wondering what that is. That answered my question. Um, I compare it to there's this um, woman in video games. She's worked for IGN. She's worked for Rooster Teeth, Fun House. She now works at Sony Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Video game developer. She's part of the writing staff there. Mm-hmm. I think she does more than that, uh, but her name is Alana Pierce. Okay. Um, women get to this day, if you're attractive, you couldn't possibly be a fan of something. That is what people act on. Yes. And Ash very much has to fight that every fucking day. And Alana is the same thing. And when in reality, Ash has forgotten more about Star Wars than most of us will ever know that you and me include Craig mm-hmm. uh, fully uh, freely and happily admit that. Yes. Kelly, my wife has forgotten more about hockey than I have ever known. Alana Pierce has forgotten more about video games, the past, present, and the future than most of these fuckers will ever know. And they just can't live with that. So they make it their mission to make them feel like garbage. Um, I'll tell you that in a second, Ash. Uh, She has a reply. Um, Can we evolve as men? Not you and me. Yeah. For God's sakes, please. Uh, You gave her a heart attack today because you posted pictures of James Earl Jones without context. Uh, the context was it was his birthday. Yeah, no. Now she knows that, but at first she, when she first saw it, it was like, oh crap! Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I, I put the first words are always "Happy birthday, <laughs> dude." I I was gonna say I know the feel. That's a great picture of him. Yes. Um, I know the feeling because I did the same thing. Because sometimes I'll scroll so fast, I'll be like, oh, Craig posted something. Let me scroll back up. Oh, fucking thing! Because I, that's uh, why when I, I, when I do that, I post "Happy yeah. Birthday." If I'm when I, if when I do a tribute, and I hate doing tributes, the first I always preface that first. And Instagram, the picture popped up first before the words. Okay, that's okay. okay. That that would give me a heart attack as well. And I just went to Instagram to check that, and I just watched. A gif of uh, Preston beating the mixing desk with a dildo. Yes. There we go. Preston, let's see everyone. <laughs> On Insta, there were no words. Yeah. So, yeah. I I understand that. I've done that. Like okay. I said, I've just, uh, I do it on Twitter. Like I said, I would have scrolled past it and go, holy shit. Oh, oh he's fine. Um, she posted uh, Miss Peacockery, uh, which is a great follow on Twitter. If you don't follow Miss Peacockery, please do. I, I can't mm-hmm. say it. I have to say it like, um, um. Oh God, mommy. Why am I blanking on her name, Rhea Ripley? Mm-hmm. Because uh, she got her in one of those Q and A little shorts on social media. Miss Peacockery got it on there, and before she gets to the question, Rhea Ripley goes, "Miss Peacockery," and just looks at the camera like, mm, <laughs> and goes back. I can't say it with it. Uh, she posted a picture of the AW. What is it called again? Rise to the top. Stupid fucking name. 
Yeah. And it's a sc- screenshot. There's Aubrey Edwards at ringside. There's uh, Kenny Omega on the other side at ringside. And in the ring is what's this group called now? Douchebags. What is it? Uh, I, the, I don't know what the, Chris the Jericho's. Oh, the, the sex, the lost sex gods or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Stupid. Yeah. And it's Chris Jericho in a speech bubble saying, you want to turn your fan, my fans against me? Smirch the name of the good name of Chris Jericho. I'm a stand up guy and everyone knows it. Exposing me as a liar, impossible. Not that, not that impossible. Oopsies. <laughs> God, timing. There's always a tweet. Uh, also, Ash says she needs to get bigger bubes and sh- she needs to save her kitty, shave her kitty for her to matter. Um, uh, if you didn't see the conversation that we were having with this complete sociopath on Twitter, you would understand what I'm talking about. His yeah. Twitter can be found in uh, Go Fuck Yourself. I'm not saying his name either. <laughs> Craig, there. I think the show is finished. What? I, we, I, we, I'd like to finish, Dan, but oh, yeah. I can't finish without asking you. Your opinion. Oh, God. Yes, it's 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 advertised for Christ's sake. I wrote yeah. up the description of the episode already and we almost didn't talk about it. The Iron Claw movie. Yes. Um, I, what do you want me to say? <laughs> like, <laughs> what you say? My, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you and Derek both said in, and Derek couldn't make tonight. Like I said earlier, his son is teething and uh, mm-hmm. that is an experience that daddy needs to be there for. Um, but you guys both said, if you think, you know, the story and it's not going to cause you to have an emotional response, think again. And I still went in there going, I'll be fine. Mm-mm. Oh, no, no. Oh, man. Um, yeah. that is heavy. Not. And again, it's weird to say that, like, we don't know the story. Yeah. Uh, but my God. And it was very much. Uh, built around Kevin. It was yeah. very well. First of all, it was very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did want to bring up two things because I've been watching people tweet about these things since the movie came out. And I'm like, well, I haven't seen it. I can't comment on it. Uh, one of those things is uh, everybody complained about the casting of Ric Flair. Um, the movie's not about him. Who gives a fuck? Yes. Everybody knows it's Ric Flair. Shut up. And the yeah. other complaint was, well, they cut MJF out of the movie as Lance. Fun. The movie's not about him. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, the, um, that was the only my kind of bona contention because I saw Iron Claw three times and I saw it first time. It Jesus was great. At the first time was an advanced screening a month before it came out. I went by. Oh, I remember press that. Yeah, yeah. So I second time I went with a uh, company. I went with um my best friend, Nancy, and her boyfriend. And the third time I saw it with Maury. So I was seeing it with two non-wrestling fans for three non-wrestling fans for the most part. So they were interested in who the Lance Von Erich character was. And even though uh, MJF, uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman is an executive producer, he had three scenes in the movie and only one of them was used. Uh, The first scene was Fritz telling Kevin and Carrie, meet your cousin. And um, when he saw the houses were dwindling, he introduced a new Von Eric. The second scene was the one we saw of him in the ring and Kevin not getting a tag. And the third was 
uh, Lance von Eric MJF's character asking for more money um, because he was becoming a draw and he was fired. And then the uh, Von Eric started bad-mouthing him, which happened in real life. Yeah. Uh, so those were the things that were... And uh, it, it was just a, a momentary, well, who's that guy thing? And obviously, I know who he was, but for the, the people I was with who, did, who didn't follow this, didn't know. So, yeah, but, you're, but you, you are correct. It's not about him either. I just thought that was an interesting thing to leave out of the... Um, Binary. But then again, they left out an entire brother, so I can understand why they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, <focus>. well, <laughs> why they wouldn't focus on Lance Von Eric. Hold on, keep talking. No, I just that if you have not seen the movie, if when it starts streaming, please see it. Um, it's if you don't even know the story, the the movie is amazing. Um, and if you do know the story, the the movie is just gives you another perspective of it because you have somebody who's written it, other actors, you know, portraying those roles in and, and, um, what's the word? I'm not improvising. They're presenting it in a different way. It's a, and it's a great movie, a wrestling movie. That was good. Yeah. I know. Imagine that. That's Sh- shocking. A and wrestling I, movie. That was good. And the last thing I will say about this, and I, I will encourage uh, fans of HIC Talk Radio, if you have it in your possession, uh, you could do what I did. I I watched this. Um, I saw Iron Claw with Maury, and she was loved it. Like, and is again a non wrestling fan, and she was you know in tears at the end. What? And then we went home, Dan, and we watched the Dark Side of the Ring episode, the last Von Eric. That is the perfect companion piece to Iron Claw. So I will uh, add I will add uh the heroes of world class. Yes. Um if if, if you have and if you've not seen that, uh, you're gonna have to ask Craig or I to uh let you borrow it because it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um uh, also banish the thought I I be a re- women's re- a women wrestling fan who gets worked. What are you stupid? Oh yeah, well that's the thing, badash. Um if you get worked and believe in the story, you're an idiot now. Yeah. Because everybody has to know and be part of the gag. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. Uh, with Iron with Iron Claw, though. Um, Thank you for bringing it back on track. Yes. Um, a, a couple of people were asking me about the the accuracy and everything. Um, and with Dark Side of the Ring, they filled in a lot of blanks that um, that uh, Maury had because, and it, it just te- it takes you to uh, Kevin and his sons at at the end. I think it, I as as much as I love Heroes of the World Class, I think Dark Side of the Ring is a much it's a more recent Kevin, and you get s- stories that uh, he filled in, uh, especially about uh, David's death, um, how so many people thought that. Um, because you know the Von Erichs were, they were like the Beatles of wrestling, and were at least in world class, and but they were nationally known, not just in Texas. But when they were uh, doing their stuff, I mean, Kevin started when he was eighteen. David when he was nineteen. They were, I mean, David wrestling Madison Square Garden who was twenty. Kevin wrestling Madison Square Garden who was nineteen. And when they were doing stuff in and around Texas and staying out late and being in places that they weren't. And 
when police were involved, Fritz will make you go away. Um, that was what. Yeah. Well. So he, so they had quite the privilege. So they really didn't have any responsibilities. You know, we talk about AEW how there being no one in charge. You can do whatever the fuck you want, and you're not going to get fired or reprimanded or anything. Uh, the Von Ayers pretty much had that. Not that they were causing locker room fights and you know getting arrested for drugs or anything, but uh, well. Yeah, not till later on in their life, but when they were young in their early teens and early twenties, uh, if they were out and about, Fritz would, you know. So lots of people thought that Fritz had something to do with David's autopsy report. Uh, because when you find a young wrestler dead in their hotel, obviously the first thing you think is drugs. You know, Flair talked about he and Brody were close, and now Brody told Flair allegedly that Brody was flushing drugs down the toilet as the police were coming into David's hotel room. Um, but the coroner, the autopsy report was an inflamed intestine. He um, died from a uh, drugs, Craig, but still kidding. David was only 25. So they, in dark side of the ring, they shed a little light on that. Also talked about the, the time where Fritz pulled a gun on Kevin. Oh and God! Yeah, was going to shoot him, but and they didn't touch upon Fritz's brain cancer toward the end of his life that robbed him a lot of of a lot of his faculties. Um, the Texas Stadium show, all the Von Erichs were there. Um, Mara Tierney, who's wonderful as um, Dars um, Von Erich, uh, wasn't watching it on television, and I love the stock footage of to the Texas Stadium show, uh, but they were all there. Um, Wrestling, um, and her Carrie's mother was one of the people that hugged him after he won the NWA championship. Um, I thought they kind of <laughs> went away. They, you know, they obviously they jumped. I mean, Carrie finally wins the NWA championship. The thing in in the movie we see as the center, the thing that his father wanted for his sons the most, and they finally he finally wins it, and it's like it's nothing. We don't see Fritz anymore after that. And then Carrie goes for a motorcycle ride and his foot's gone. Like, kind of a jump, but... <laughs> a slight jump. Yeah, but it works for the movie. It was, it, it's a great movie. And it's also a great-looking movie. Yes. Gorgeous. Dan, just for the Tom Sawyer montage alone. Well, that's... Well... <laughs> And now, how many people understood the why that was used? Not a lot. Oh, wrestling did, but sure. Yeah. Did you have to tell Maury? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that I I told her before. <laughs> that, <laughs> I when I told her that we have to go see this movie, I told her all about the Von Von Erickson. The first time I ever heard Tom Sawyer, Tom I thought Sawyer, the name gotcha. was was Carrie Bryant. I thought the name of the song was Modern Day Warrior. I didn't. No, it was called Tom Sawyer. I never heard that song a day in my life. And then he, but I heard it when Carrie's coming to the ring. I said, that's a cool song. And when, when Kevin, Kevin came to the ring with, uh, to Stranglehold by Ted Nugent, I never heard that song before in my life. Dan, did you know that before the Road Warriors, I'd never heard Iron Man a day in my life? Professional wrestling folks introduced me to more great music than any other form, art form ever has. If not professional wrestling, I never would have heard any of these songs before. I had never heard any of these songs before. And now they're on my 
iPod, my playlist for the rest of my life because of professional wrestling. Can I admit something? Please. I knew Tom Sawyer was used, but I never made the connection to the first line of the song until the second when you said it. Yeah, the 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 amount of, I know, I know, I know. His nickname actually Yes, on- I know, Craig, but it never occurred to me like Donald Pleasance in Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. It didn't occur to me until you said it to me. Oh yeah, that's why they use it, stupid. Yeah. Oh. God, where can people follow you? Uh, they can follow me and unlike a beleaguered Dan Colachico, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and threads, if you like, at Craig Lagon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Right. <laughs> yes. Follow me on Twitter, threads, Instagram, Blue Sky Hive. Danlo 83. Ah, for Craig Legans. I am, oh, I'm Dan Colachico. The modern day warrior. I am the modern day warrior. Mean, mean pride. Catchy tune. Keep it on the paper.